Hi there, this is Roma Waterman and you're listening to Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. I'm believing this podcast will help you to understand and flow in the power of Holy Spirit-led worship in your church and in your private worship time. In this podcast, you're going to get a big dose of theological foundations, personal stories and practical applications that you can implement straight away to activate the power of prophetic worship that will bring healing, breakthrough and deliverance in your communities and your personal life. I hope as you listen, you'll also feel inspired and empowered. This is Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. Hi, my friends. Welcome back to the Release the Sound podcast. I'm so honored that you've joined me. I want to share on a topic today that is very close to my heart. It's a message that I have lived in real time and I'm passionate about it. And it's all around the idea of what is your prophetic identity as a worshiper? Do you know that you have an identity in the spirit, what you are known for? When angels look at you, and even when demons look at you, they know what you stand for in the spirit. And I tell you, a worshiper that does not know who they are in God is no threat to the kingdom of darkness. And so it's so important that you know who you are in Christ. And I want to share with you, just from my own personal experience, how you can find that. So in this podcast today, I'm going to show you how to find your prophetic identity because it's different for everyone. And then I'm going to share an activation that you can do at home in your own time. And as I said, I'm passionate about this topic because when I finally understood who I was and who God was in my life, it radically changed my heart. It changed my ministry. It changed how I ministered. And to be honest, it set me free. It brought so much joy to my life to realize who I was in the spirit and and what I carried and that I was not in any competition with anybody else. And I want the same for you. So I'm going to share some ideas around that today. And the reason why I feel this is an important message is I really feel like many worshippers underestimate the power and the authority that they can bring in what I call your own sphere of influence. You have your own sphere where when you are in the zone of that, when you are in the center of that, it is life transforming, not just to you, but to the people around you. And what I think we often make the mistake of doing is we often think that our song is not important. It's not as grand or as powerful as that song that maybe is more well-known or that sound that is coming from a church that everybody's name is on their lips. Nothing could be further from the truth, my friends. Your song has something very powerful to bring in the, you know, I almost feel like there's like a positioning, a repositioning that has to take place in the church where people value not just the global song, but they also value the local song. And one thing I love that Dan McCullum, my friend, has said many times, he said, what is your song in the secret place? not the marketplace. Our worship is for the secret place, not the marketplace. But oh my gosh, I've done this. Maybe you have too. Have you thought about where that song is positioned in the marketplace? What does it sound like compared to the albums that you're buying or the songs that you're listening to, those songs that we love from 
great worship bands, and there's nothing wrong with those songs, but if if they are replacing the sound of your own voice, the sound of your own church, we have a problem. And you know, one of my greatest sadnesses, if I be completely vulnerable with you right now, is that churches are so busy learning the newest song or they're so busy learning the the song that every church is singing because it's got power in it. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it's at the expense of your own sound being lost or being muted, it's just so very sad because there is a symphony in the spirit that is going on right now across the earth. And it requires every instrument to be played. And when your sound is not being released, if you're singing another sound consistently and it's replacing your own song and sound, you're just repeating another instrument in the symphony. And so I want to encourage you to desire this with all your heart, to desire and to value the song that you have on your lips, the prophetic sound that your church has and the important role that it has to play. And you might say, well, our church is not very prophetic or our church is not really into that kind of sound. And I want to say to you, this to me is not about a style. This is about a positioning in the kingdom. And we really need to see this sound rising up more and more in the last days. Whether we've got a hundred years or a thousand years left, I don't know. But one thing I know is it is so important for your song to be released. And the only way that that sound is going to spread freely from your lips is you have to understand what your identity is as a worshiper. So I'm going to share that with you today. And I want to encourage you to do the activation at the end. You know, I think about it like this, you know, much like an intercessor that enters their prayer closet and can pray for many, many years before there's an answer to prayer. We've also got to sing those songs. We've got to sing those songs and keep affirming that sound that is being released. That's not about providing financial gain or it's not about making us sound slick or or cool or, or really just, you know, in some ways when we're using those songs that are wonderful and rich and so well known, we're almost using them as a crutch because we don't have the confidence in the sound we're releasing. Now, does that mean you need to be a songwriter? No, it doesn't. So let me just say that. I am not just talking about writing songs. I'm talking about releasing a prophetic sound. I'm talking about those moments, those spaces that you can have in your services that are really purely just for a new song and a new sound to rise up. And you know, it'll take time, just like intercessory prayer sometimes can take time. Actually, even if I say it this way, your song can be intercession if you allow it. Wow. I'm just feeling the anointing as I say that (laughs) because so many songs that I've written that nobody will hear or songs that I've released that maybe only ever got released once or only got sung out that no one ever recorded were intercession in the moment and breakthrough came from those moments in my own life. So don't be silent because you don't sound professional enough and let's explore together how to understand your prophetic identity to help you gain authority in this area because 
I want you to understand this value. All right, that's just my introduction. My goodness. So once we have an understanding of our prophetic identity, we have more understanding as to how and where and what sound should be released. And this is different for everybody. Everyone has a different sphere of authority. And this is why just rabbiting something someone else has done or copying somebody else's style is not going to work for you. You'll like it for a little while. You'll feel comfortable for a little while, but eventually you're going to get bored. Trust me, as someone who's been in worship ministry for over 30 years, unless you are stepping into the center of the sphere of authority that God has given you, you are going to quickly run out of steam. And so I want to share with you that finding where your authority lies is very, very important. So let's talk about that. What? How do you find your sphere of influence? You might be going, Roma, hurry up. Tell me how to find your sphere of influence. Let me share a couple of points because if you're asking that question, what you're really asking is, what is my identity? So here's some thoughts that I have. Number one, how do you find your sphere of influence? The first thing, these are super simple, right? Maybe you'll be rolling your eyes. The first thing is, it's the thing that you love. You know, often what you're most drawn to is where your influence will lie. And obviously it needs to align with kingdom thinking, but that is often the thing that you love. I don't know why we do this, why this is human nature, but we often put that thing we love to the side as the bonus. We go, oh, I am going to write music or record this or do such and such when I've got a bit more time and when I've got a bit of spare time, when I can enjoy the luxury of doing what I love. But right now I've got to do the hard stuff. Well, guess what? The hard stuff and the thing that you love can be the same thing. And I'm going to, I'm actually scared to share this with you because I'll tell you something. When I've shared this in some private mentoring groups with leaders before, we've actually had leaders who were pastoring churches who realized in that session that they had a ministry and a call, but they weren't called to be pastors and they left their church. And I got into a lot of trouble, all right? But but seven years later, those two people are thriving because they are in the center of the thing that they love. So I want to declare and decree over you today that the thing that you love will rise up and it will come to the forefront and that you will step into that with confidence knowing that it's not just a luxury. It's not something to do when all the important stuff is done, that this is the focus. So finding that thing that you love. Here's an example for you. I know people who are incredible worshippers but their worship style doesn't really fit a Sunday service. But when you get them and put them in their zone, they make the most incredible dance music and it gives glory to God. Oh my goodness, I get so excited when I think of this person finding their zone because that is an area, that is a sphere that needs to consistently be redeemed for the kingdom, that sound. And so if that person never found their sphere of influence, they're going to do a second rate job and it might look amazing to everybody around them. But when he stepped into that different sound and style that he loved, there was so much power and authority in it. There's flow and there's traction. So think for a moment, what does it feel like when you think about the thing that you love in worship? 
I'm assuming that you're a worshipper that you're, as you're listening to this, but this is actually a kingdom principle. What is the thing that you love? Because the Lord will incorporate that. Sometimes you may not even know what it is you love. You're going to have to try a few little things. You're not just going to be an observer that can look at everything and go, I think I'll choose this. Sometimes the way we do that is we actually have to step into a few different things and see what works best. That's the journey of life, isn't it? And, you know, to be honest, if I was doing what I did in worship 20 years ago, if I kept doing that, I would be bored right now because your sphere of influence can shift and and it it moves as your calling grows. So pay attention to that. You know, I like for me, one of the things I realized is, you know, my sphere of influence, honest truth, is not music. It's not singing. My sphere of influence is connecting with people. It's helping people see heaven. It's helping bring the supernatural into the natural. When I realized that that was my sphere, that that was the thing that I loved, worship became so much easier to me because I realized that was just the uh, avenue for those things to take place. But it also expanded what I believed the the Lord was calling me to. All of a sudden, I'm starting to write books. I'm starting to think uh, beyond just music or beyond music in a worship team. And there's nothing wrong with those things. It's just that as you find that thing that you love, your imagination comes alive. So ask yourself the question, what is the thing that I love? And that will be part of your prophetic identity. God doesn't want you to do something you hate. It's not meant to be a trudge. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Why? Because it's a joy to do what you were born for. So number two, how to find your sphere of influence. It brings life to you and others. It should rejuvenate you. You should come alive. Like when I'm talking, doing these podcasts and talking about worship and talking about releasing heaven's song. I have been coming alive at home as I've been recording these because I just love it. I love singing the song that heaven is singing. What is the thing that brings life to you and others? Is it songwriting? Is it worship leading? Is it playing an instrument of some sort? Is it being a support for somebody? Is it planning worship events? I could go on forever, but you get the idea, all right? Now, It doesn't mean you won't get tired because it's still going to be work and sometimes you're going to be contending for things. There'll be seasons where there's seasons of contending, but you still have that light. You still have that energy. It's like there's a spark in you that that just just keeps you going even when things are hard. And, you know, I I know, for example, like I'm going back a long time ago now, but I had uh, the opportunity to do some showcases for some mainstream record labels. And so I'd grown up in the church. I'd been leading worship and singing songs in church. And all of a sudden this shift happened and I was um, about to sign, well, I did sign a publishing deal with a mainstream record label. And you know what? I found I really struggled. I loved that I got to have the experience and it really honed my craft and my gift. But after eight to 10 years of being in that sphere, I came back. Well, I never really left church, but I I totally immersed myself in the kingdom and in ministry because I just went, I'm a church girl. 
That's just what my sphere is. It brings life to me. I come alive when I'm not just leading worship, but when I'm hearing it. You know, if I go to my church and I'm not on team and I'm watching the team, I am caught up in it because it brings life to me. I know that that's what I'm called for. And if you don't have that feeling right now, you've got to look at what you're doing. It, it might not mean that you completely move away from something, but it might just mean a little shift or a little change. And, you know, we need more people doing things that bring them alive. We don't just need boxes ticked in church because then all that is is performance and it's all works. We want people, oh, I'm just feeling the anointing again as I share this because I want you to feel set free as I'm sharing this, that if you felt this way, find the thing that brings life to you. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to do things that are hard or have to sometimes do things that aren't very exciting. That's all part of work. But at the end of the day, does it refuel you? Does it energize you? You should be enjoying it. Number three, Developing that prophetic identity, it's unique to you. It just fits you. You know, one of the things that I love about Kingdom Living is that he calls us to different things that are unique to us. And what he's called you to will just be the right fit for you. You know, I remember as I was in the middle of those record deals, honing my craft as a writer. And again, I'm thankful for those years. And I believe the Lord took me through those years, but I thought that was going to be the end goal when really it was about honing my craft and then coming back to that place where I was developing worship in the kingdom. But I remember, you know, feeling like I was wearing Saul's armor a little bit, you know, and I just felt like I was one of hundreds of other people that were doing the same thing I was doing. And I remember the very first time I sang out spontaneously, and that's a story for another podcast. It was a conference in Melbourne with Graham Cook. Some of you who know me will know this story because it was so impacting for me. But I remember the first time at that conference singing out spontaneously and it was two hours of doing this, a back and forth with a prophetic word that Graham Cook was releasing. I'd never done this before. And I remember feeling like I'd taken off my stilettos and I'd put a pair of comfy slippers on. I'd come home. At that point, I'd never seen anybody sing spontaneously. I didn't know it was a thing. I was just doing what fit me. I was just doing what was unique to me. In fact, after that, I was like, where are my people? Where do I find people that do this? And found out that lots of people were doing it. But it was unique to me. Now, at the time when I was doing this, it probably was weird for some people. They were probably going, what? We've, this is out of my paradigm. I don't really understand what's happening here. But for me, I had never felt more at home and I guess that's another way of saying what is unique to you. Do you feel at home? Does it feel natural to you? Because I think we spend so much of our time trying to fit the mold. And, you know, I've got a real sense in my spirit as I'm sharing this that some of you may even be crying right now because me just saying this is giving you the permission to be unique, to be you and not fit the mold. 
And, you know, we often can try to minister the way we think people would like to be ministered to. And, you know, of course, it's important to be sensitive to the needs of the demographic of the people around you. That's what serving the kingdom is all about. But it's still also important. It's just as important to be yourself. You know, I love the story of Saul and David and when David's going to fight Goliath and um, Saul puts on his armor and David's just like, I can't wear this stuff. This is my paraphrased version, the Roma version. He says, I can't wear this. I can't fight in this. It just wasn't him you know, and I think we do this. I think we go into worship ministry wearing someone else's clothes, someone else's armor. And if it doesn't fit you, you, you're still anointed. You're still called. But there's the zone, that sphere of influence is missing. And it's, sometimes it's just a very tiny little shift and it brings 100% more than you could have ever imagined. That was like me stepping out from, you know, simply just worship leading and loving that into that prophetic song and that prophetic sound. And then all of a sudden it was just like, I felt like I went from black and white movies to panoramic color. That's how I felt in my life. And so, you know, there's people listening to this. You're brilliant at leading worship in your worship teams. Others of you, you maybe you should be concentrating on producing or do you fit somewhere else in the kingdom? You know, worship and worship ministry doesn't all have to be about Sundays and team. Now, some people might not agree with me when I say that, but I just think that when you study history and you see where the arts and music and worship have thrived, it is when the artist has been free to express their gift in the way that is unique to them. So it's unique to you. It's so important. Point four, another way to find your sphere of influence, it is bigger than you. I've got this saying, and this is the saying that I say to myself. Maybe you have this saying too. If I think I can't do it, it's probably God. (laughs) And what I mean by that is, if I think I can do it, oh yeah, I could do that. I could achieve that. I just, I think God always wants to stretch us. He always wants to take us to new heights. Now, put that in context, right? I'm not saying, well, there's no way I could ever be a brain surgeon, right? Uh, I know that's not God. (laughs) I'm never going to be a brain surgeon. But if in my sphere, in what God has called me to, if something just feels a little bit out of reach, I do stop and think and go, is this the Lord? It probably is. The first time I started to travel to nations, that's how I felt. I was like, can I really do this? I felt so nervous that first time I was on a plane, the first time I ever ministered, you know, overseas, I remember feeling like, can I really do this? And that's when the Lord said that to me. He said, if it feels beyond what you can do, it's probably me. And I've always had that stuck with me, that saying. And so I want to say that to you today. If you feel that what God has called you to is bigger than your resources, bigger than your gifts, then you're most likely walking in your calling. And, you know, I have to be honest, in my many years of ministry, there's never been a season in my life where it didn't require steps of faith and confidence to do it. And you've just got to do it. Step out of the boat, my friends. It will be bigger than you. There's never going to be enough money in the bank. There's never going to be enough talent in your talent bank. You just start where you are. You skill up. 
you keep going, but you work with the Holy Spirit and realize that there's no way that you could achieve this unless the Lord was with you and the Holy Spirit was guiding you. There's been many times when I felt like I didn't have what it takes. Many, many times. To this day, I have those thoughts sometimes, being completely vulnerable with you. But it's about his anointing. And it's about what he can pour into you so that that can pour out of you. And he wants to give you more, more than you think you have, so that you don't get left behind. You're never going to be left behind. So dream again. Dream again, my friends, because it is bigger than you. Then finally, another way to understand your identity, your sphere of influence, where you work best is that whatever you're called to will carry your testimony. So right now, I I want you to ask this question of yourself. Is what I'm singing, is what I'm releasing in the position that I'm in right now, does it carry my story? Does it carry my testimony? Because what you're called to will have this, and it's very, very important. Because out of the overflow of your heart, Jesus shines. And so what do I mean by this? You might be like, well, Jesus saved me. Yes, but how did he save you? What do you know of him? What is the revelation that you have of him? And are your songs carrying that revelation? That is so important. Here's an example in my own life, all right? Many, many years ago, we had a girl in our youth group whose father very, very unfortunately um, committed suicide. And my heart was just breaking for this girl. And so we met a few times, had coffee together. I had the privilege of singing at his funeral. I'll never forget it. And I remember having coffee with her one day after the funeral, after her dad had passed and thinking to myself, this woman is just so strong. She's just, she really just um, really stayed close to God in that time and, and really uh, it was it was beautiful the way I'm not saying it was easy but you could just see that God was really moving in her life and I was saying this to her at this little coffee shop Mailing Road Canterbury Melbourne and I said to her I'm just amazed at how you are coping with all of this and without even thinking she said to me Roma it, it was it's not me I was carried and as she said those words that it was like a movie, it reverberated. I was carried, I was carried, I was carried. And I knew it was like the Holy Spirit was doing something in my heart. And he said to me, I want you to write a song called I Was Carried and I want you to write it around these themes. And so I went home and I was going to be um, ministering at the youth group four days later and I thought I'm going to write this song for her. And the words were, if you ask me how I'm feeling I broke to pieces, now I'm healing. If you wondered how I got through, there's something stronger than me and you. And as I look back, I keep smiling because through the heartache, I kept fighting. Well, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I fall, but I won't give up through it all because there has been a kiss of grace on my weary, tear-stained face and I cannot walk away from this truth I know. I was carried in the arms of a stronger man. I was lifted by the angel's gentle hand. I was lifted from the eye of a raging storm. I was given wings to fly through it all. There's no other way to say it. I was carried. 
And as I finish writing this song, I hear this little voice say to me, Roma, this is your testimony. This is actually not just about her. This is about you. And I started to cry. And that song, I released that song, and you'll be able to find that if you look on iTunes. I'm, I'm not saying it's an amazing song, but I'm telling you, it carried my testimony. It carried my story. And it's my life song. That is the theme that carries me through every part of my worship ministry. That's what I know about him is that he has carried me and he has carried you. And when you have that, your prophetic identity becomes real to you. Your testimony overcomes, Revelations 12 verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and what? By the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So you can only release, this is really what I'm saying, you can only release what's been released in you. So your testimony, how you met Jesus and how he has saved you, it should spill out in all that you do. And if it doesn't, you're not pouring out the right thing. Let your testimony just flow out of you and ask yourself the question, does my worship reflect this? Does my worship reflect this? So there's some simple ways of how to find your sphere of influence. Number one, it will carry the thing that you love. Number two, it brings life to you. Number three, it's unique to you. Number four, it's bigger than you. And number five, it carries your testimony. And I promised you a little activation that you can do at home. And you can do this with a, simply by journaling. And I just want you to take a pen and some paper, take some quiet time away, think about your life right now. And I want you to ask this question, what brings you energy? What brings you life? And write those things down, even if they don't relate to what you think is your gift. Because if you try not to box it, you might surprise yourself. So think about your life. What brings you energy? Write it down and then see what God shows you as you write down those things that bring you life. And are you operating in that zone, in that sphere? I pray that's blessed you today and I am looking forward to hearing from you. Please send me a message or an email to let me know how the Lord has blessed you and, and revealed your identity and what you have to offer to the world. And I cannot wait to worship with you as you step into your own prophetic identity. Thanks so much for listening to Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. If you're hungry for more, head to romawaterman.com where you can check out my book, Releasing Heaven's Song, Singing Over Your Nation for Breakthrough and Revival. It includes activations that you can use with your team or even on your own. And I've also got an online school where we have several courses on the prophetic, worship, spirituality and creativity. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. And until then, I pray that you will release the song of heaven over your family, your church, and even your nation. And I look forward to sharing with you in the next Release the Sound Prophetic Worship Podcast.